I just want to take a moment just to encourage your heart. You know, the beauty of our nation, that every four years we get to participate in this ceremony of democracy. And sometimes it's very tumultuous. And how many of you know this has been a very tumultuous election season? It really has. And there are many of us here watching online, maybe, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, I think there's a lot of people who are just fatigued. How many of you just can't wait for 2021 to get here, right? Let's just get it over with. And, you know. But I want to speak to this just for a moment because some of the things I see from people in the body of Christ really alarm me. And I just want to speak to this and I want to be very gentle and I want to be very compassionate and with understanding. And I just want you to open your heart to what I'm going to tell you. You know, regardless of who the country says we want to be our leader, it is our responsibility as God's people to obey the command of his word that we are to pray over those that he has placed in leadership over us. Thank you for your resounding support of the, of the scripture. And so I, I understand that things may not be quite over for the election or what have you, but presumptively, we most likely have elected as a country a new president. And I'm gonna do the same for him that I did for Clinton, for Bush, for Obama, for Donald Trump. And that is I'm gonna be daily in prayer for President-elect, if that happens to hold, President-elect Biden and Vice President Harris. I'm gonna pray, because how many of you know they're gonna need our prayers? They are going to need our prayers. And we're gonna pray. And so, some of you may have woke up this morning very happy about the result. Some of you may have woke up this morning very disappointed about what's happening. It doesn't really matter. Let me tell you what it doesn't change. What it doesn't change is that God is on the throne. Come on, his will's gonna be done. It doesn't matter. Our destiny is not in the hands of men. And we are not gonna worship politics. Yes, we participate in our democracy, but like Michael Thomas said a minute ago, Donald Trump don't know my name and neither does Joe Biden, but Jesus knows me. And Jesus has a plan for my life. And so this is the ceremony of democracy. Sometimes democracy is messy. And there's always people who are happy and there's always people who are sad. But we move on as a nation. And listen to me, it is time for whatever our part is as a church in this season of our country, in this area that we live in, it is time for us to heal. It is time for us to move on. It is time for us to move forward. It is time for us to lean in with love and compassion and understanding one to another. And let's be the Americans that we have the potential to be. Amen? So I just want to encourage you, man. With it. I know everyone, regardless of where you stand politically, is probably just fatigued from this whole year, fatigued from this whole season that we're, we're in. And I am too, man, I am tired. I'm fatigued just with all the things that are going on. But can I tell you that it is possible maybe for you to feel physically or emotionally fatigued, but it is possible in the middle of that for you to feel spiritually strong and spiritually vital. And that's our prayer today. You see, we want you to be here and we want you to leave here 100 pounds lighter than when you came in that everything on the outside may not be going the way you want it to, but man, you serve a God who is large and in charge. Come on, he is on the throne. Everything fits in his hands. 
and he ultimately has the victory. And so what I want us to do now is I want us to do what scripture commanded us to do. I understand that things may not be over with this election. I understand there's things, litigations and things that are happening and I'm not presumptively jumping ahead of anything, but what I am saying is that if the country has spoken and if we have a new president, then this president elected vice president deserve our prayers. And I want us to pray for our nation and I want us to pray for the season we're in. I want us to pray for the presumptive president-elect that we are looking at, that we're looking toward in our future, that God would speak to him and give him and his cabinet wisdom, and that God would, would direct their path, if this holds, that God would direct their path for the good of this nation, and that ultimately his purposes would prevail. How many of you just want God's purposes to prevail in our nation, right? The good news is that God says in his word that he holds the hearts of kings in his hands. And how many believe he can turn it any way he wants to turn it? And so we need to pray. So can we do that today? Come on, regardless if you're happy or sad, it don't matter, God's word is still true. And let's obey his word. Father, we thank you that we get to live in a country that every four years we get to participate in this messy ceremony of democracy. And Lord, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle that we're on. It doesn't matter whether we're sad or happy with the result of this year's election. Your word is constant. Your word is true. And you commanded us in scripture that we are to lift up in prayer and pray for those leaders who are over us. And so right now, Lord, even though we know things may not be over, there's things to be settled and things to be looked at. But presumptively, if we have a new president elect and vice president, I just want to lift up President-elect Biden, Vice President Harris to you. God, I pray that your wisdom would fill their heart. I pray your spirit would speak your word to their mind. I pray you would guide them and guard them and protect them. I pray, God, that your purposes would be reflective in the decisions that they leave for this nation. Lord, your word says you hold the hearts of kings in your hand. And I pray, God, that you turn the heart of the king to your purposes, that they may be accomplished for this nation, God. We pray over them and we ask your blessings on them and on America as we journey into the next season. And God, I just pray over our service today. Lord, I know we're gonna have a good time today in your word and a good time with each other. And that's my prayer, Lord, in the fatigue that we're in, with this year that people would leave this place it would leave your presence just a hundred pounds lighter because your spirit lifts every burden and you truly do give a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness and we ask that be a reality today in Jesus name and everybody said a big amen now come on praise him like you mean it come on get a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness he's worthy he's worthy of our praise He's worthy of it. Man, it's good to be in church. How many glad to be here? Say yes. So good. Hey, listen, we're going to have a great time this morning. I'm glad you're here. Glad you're watching online this morning and participating with us. Listen, we love online, but I got to remind you, it is not the same as being in the house. It's just not the same. And so if you are watching and you are able to participate, hey, come on out of hiding and jump in like so many others are coming back to church. We want to invite you to do the same thing, but we are glad that you are watching or maybe listening by radio. So glad to have you with us. We're going to have a good time. Hey, once again, let's turn around. Can you find three or four people you don't know? Find some you don't know. Tell them they look like they're losing weight. Come on, just encourage them today in Jesus' name.
welcome again to church. And one more time, if it is your first time here at Vibrant or you're watching for the first time, online church, give it up for all of our special guests that are here. Come on, tell them you love them today. We're glad you're hanging out with us this morning. And uh, I wanna remind you today, as you heard me, if you were here last week or you were participating online or whatever, you heard me tell you last week that our growth track is, is gonna do something different today. And that is after the second service, we're providing a full lunch where you can actually do the whole growth track in one sitting. It's something that we're doing that's very different. We're excited about it. So many people responded last week uh, to that. And if you'd like to participate, maybe you say, well, I didn't respond, I didn't sign up. Hey, it's okay. We have enough. We're ready for you. If you wanna hang out today and go after the second service to Growth Track, we'd love to have you. Let us know who you are, though, and how you do that is you can do it right from your phone. If you got a smartphone, just pull it out and text TEAM20 to 484848, team 20, to 484848, and let us know that you wanna participate, and we got everything ready for you. This is how you find out how God's wired you, your gifts, your talents, the vision of our church. You're gonna meet some great people, and you're gonna be able to start participating and, and using how God's wired you and how he's gifted you and using it to make a difference in the lives of others. So let us know if you'd like to participate in Growth Track after second service. It's gonna be a fun time. Also, I'm super excited. Everybody say next Sunday, because next Sunday is something we look forward to every year. It is at the movies. It's kicking off next Sunday. It's gonna be an amazing series. Uh, you've heard us talk about it. For those of you who don't know what that is, we're basically doing what Jesus did in his ministry where he used common stories to convey spiritual truth. They're called parables. And nowadays, movies are kind of the stories of our generation, and we're gonna leverage some very popular films to convey spiritual truth. And I'm telling you, we got some surprises that are gonna happen in the lobby, in the auditorium. It's gonna be amazing. Hey, check this out. If you got kids in Kids Church, they're gonna be doing at the movies Kids Edition as well. So we're gonna be doing it as families. It's gonna be a fun time. And we're gonna have free popcorn, free sodas. It's gonna be a fun time for everybody. You may wait and do that in church. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you ain't having fun in church, why come? Can I get an amen, everybody? I believe God wants us to have fun in his house and, and also learn and grow together in Jesus Christ. And so we want you to come. This is the greatest opportunity for you to invite somebody to church. This is one of the most evangelistic things that we do all year long is at the movies. You'd be amazed how many people respond to Jesus through our series at the movies. So take some invites. We have them available for you, I believe, out in the lobbies and whatever. But if, even if you don't have them, Get out there and invite people next week to jump in to our series at the movies. It's gonna be awesome. And by the way, this Wednesday night, I really want you to lean in this Wednesday night. Whatever you're doing, change your plans, okay? Because this Wednesday night on Facebook Live at seven o'clock, I want you to join me. Uh, I've got a word in my heart for this season that we're in and all this heaviness and all this fatigue. And for some people, a lot of this worry and anxiety that, that we're experiencing in our culture. I just got a word in my heart that I really wanna encourage you. I'm telling you, I really believe it could be a turning point in someone's life. So this Wednesday night, would you make plans? Join me on Facebook Live at seven o'clock on our church's Facebook page. I'm telling you, the word of God can really change your life and speak to you. It could be just the word that you, how many believe God's word changes things, right? And so I want you to join me seven o'clock. I really think that God's word has the potential to change your life in this season that we're in with all this stuff, join me seven o'clock Wednesday night. It's gonna be awesome. Are you ready to get in God's word, everybody? Come on, everybody say, make it count. Okay, I want y'all to wake up a little bit. I didn't say to say, make it count. Come on, everybody say, make it count. 
We started a, a new series, and today is gonna be the, the closing part of this series. We started it a couple of weeks ago, uh, and really just put it in my heart, the Holy Spirit just put it in my heart that in this season that we're in, a lot of people's lives just feel really small. A lot of people just feel really insignificant right now, and, and it's across the board. I talk to many people, and people are just feeling really like swallowed into the, the culture and what's happening and feel really insignificant. And I'm telling you that your life counts. And as long as you've got a heartbeat and you're breathing today, how many believe God ain't done with you? Come on, say good amen, everybody. Come on, he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And so we kicked this series off talking about making your life count, that we gotta make it count. And just to recap, in week one, I talked to you about how it's your choice. It's nobody else's choice how you make your life count. It's your choice how your life counts. So we talked about that. A lot of great feedback how God used that word. Also week two, last Sunday, we talked about investing your life and using your talents, using the gifts that God's given you and not burying them and not squandering them and not only using them for you, but using them to make a difference in the lives of other people. We talked about growth track and we talked about using all of that to leverage for the kingdom of God and for his purposes. Today, I wanna share with you one thing that I love and I wanna share with you one thing that I hate. And the one thing I love, I love more than really I could even put into words. And the one thing I hate I actually hate more than I can really put into words. The one thing I love is I love talking about generosity. I love talking about how we can use what God's given us to make a difference for all of eternity. I love teaching people the word of God, how God can take what you give and how he can use it to impact someone's life and how he blesses his people when they turn into generous people. I love talking about generosity, because I know the difference it makes in people. Our church is a living example. But I also know the blessing God pours back into his people when they, in faith, trust him with the resources that they have. However, the problem is, I hate the way that it's often done in Christian circles, especially as it applies to two words that I really want to focus on today, and that is sowing and reaping. Everybody say sowing and reaping. In fact, as I was studying for this, I realized that most of the time when we talk about sowing and reaping, we mostly talk about you know, the seeds that we sow, that if we sow seeds of sinfulness, we'll reap a harvest of unrighteousness. That when you sow seeds of anger, you reap a harvest of resentment. When you sow seeds of unforgiveness, you reap a harvest of judgment. We often talk about sowing and reaping as it applies to living, but we don't often talk about it as it applies to giving. Because quite honestly, for me, I hate the manipulation that goes with this topic. If you're surfing through television channels, some of you maybe have seen, you turn it to a TV channel and there's a, a, some TV preacher with a funny hair and the pimped out suit and a Rolex watch saying, if you sow your thousand dollar seed today, you're gonna reap a harvest of blessing. And I don't know about you, but it makes me wanna throw up in my mouth. I mean, it just makes me want to vomit seeing some of the things we see on Christian television. I hate it when this topic is taught in a spirit of manipulation. But the truth is, the principles of sowing and reaping are very biblical. Not only biblical, but they apply in all of nature. It's called the law of reciprocity. And that simply means that what you put in the ground, that's what you're going to reap. 
that you reap what you sow, right? And so today, with integrity and without manipulation, I wanna conclude this series, Make It Count, talking about sowing and reaping, because you need to know that how you use your money and how you invest your money, how you steward your money is very important to God, and hear me, it will determine the level of God's blessings in your life. Can you say amen, everybody? So everybody say, make it count. You gotta make it count when it comes to your resources. I promise you, it's a big deal. It's not an afterthought to God. It is huge, important in scripture. And here's the principle I wanna kick off with, and we're gonna kinda use this as the pivot point for our, our teaching today, and that is this. Write this down in your notes, and don't ever forget it. What you keep is all you have. But what you give, God multiplies. Everybody say multiplies. What you keep is all you have, but what you give, God will take it and he will multiply. It's the principles of sowing and reaping. If you keep something, that's all you're ever gonna get. But if you take what you have and you give it, if you take it and turn it into a seed and plant it into good soil, how many believe that God can multiply it? Everybody say, what I keep is all I have. What I give, God multiplies. Come on, one more time, everybody say, what I keep is all I have. What I give, God multiplies. I wanna show you scripture in, in Luke chapter six and verse 38. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, give, help me out everybody, and it will be what? Given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. How many of you want a blessing like that? Jesus said, what you give, God will multiply. When you give, it will be given to you. You may say, well, well that makes sense to me, but, but what's this good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over stuff? I, I don't know if that really makes sense to me. Well, you have to understand, Jesus in his day would have been talking to a predominant agrarian culture. So many of them were, were living off of what they would grow and they would eat the fruit of the land. So people in Jesus' day would have understood that whenever there was a harvest of wheat, the landowners in Jesus' day would hire day laborers who would come out and they would have to carry these huge baskets full of wheat across huge fields to collect the harvest. And they were smart people. So they would take their basket and maybe they'd fill it half full. Maybe they'd fill it like a third full or whatever because it was huge and it would be very heavy to just lug across this big wheat field. But at the end of the day, or sometimes at the end of the week, a generous landowner would often pay the day laborers in wheat. And he would say, hey, this last basket full that you, that you, that you pick off the ground is completely yours. I want you to take it home and be blessed. Now, how do you think they were gonna fill that last basket? How many believe they're gonna fill it good measure? Come on, press down, shaking together and running over. Much like I would, I, I, much like I would fill a cup full of an icy or a Slurpee from the convenience store. Am I right, everybody? Because when you get an icy, there's this little bit of air in there, right? When you, when you put it up in the little deal. And so what I do is I take it and I press it down and I shake it together and compress the air. And then if you're really skilled at maximizing the resources, you put the clear bubble lid on it with the top in it and you, 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 put, you jab it up under there and you pour it until it overflows like a volcano. And then you wipe the edges and you put a straw in it and you stand there and you look around and you drink about half of it right there. And then while no one's looking, come on, you know you do it, you stick it back up in there and refill. 
Come on, that's how you do it. If you don't do it like that, you're sinning before God. That's how you're supposed to do it. Because the good I see is filled, come on, good measure, pressed down, <laughs> shaken together and running over. Will God pour into your lap if you're faithful? Can you say amen? So understand, on the last day of harvesting, the laborers would take their basket and they would press it down and they would fill it up to overflow because he said, whatever you pick up in the last basket is yours. And Jesus is saying, that's how God gives to you when you give to him. That what you keep is all you have. But what you give, how many believe that God multiplies it? Now, one of the reasons that this teaching can become commonly distorted very easily is because of a common teaching that's out there known as the prosperity gospel. Now, if you've been around the church for any length of time, or maybe you haven't, you might know what the prosperity gospel is. To me, it's a very distorted and false teaching that says, well, if you just give and if you just have enough faith, then everybody's gonna wear a Rolex watch, we're all gonna drive Rolls Royces and God has to make you rich. Hear me clear, that is not true, nor is it any kind of biblical teaching. It is heresy. But it doesn't discount the truth that what you give, God does multiply. Now, there's also the flip side of that teaching, which is called the poverty gospel. And many of you may have heard, may have heard some undertones of this gospel in your church background. The poverty gospel, which says that if you have anything at all, then you're unrighteous. There's something wrong with you. How many of you know, you know Christians that look down their nose if somebody has stuff? Mm. They must be doing something wrong. Well, that's just sinful. That's just ain't godly. That somehow poverty equals godliness. And those who don't have anything are more godly than people who do. And God wants his people to have nothing. And God wants his people to live in poverty and suffering because that's more godly. And he prefers those people over people who have more. Hear me clear, that is not biblical either. That's nowhere even close to scripture. The truth is, it's not what you have that makes you righteous or unrighteous. It's the condition of your heart about what you have. For example, a lot of people think that if you have a lie, then you're just, you're just unrighteous. Something's wrong with you. It's just not true. The Bible never says that it's bad to have wealth or it's bad to have money. Scripture says it's wrong to love money. It's not wrong to have money. The truth is the Bible says God is the one who gives wealth. God is the one who prospers his people. God is the one who gives provision. Anybody glad that you serve a provision-giving God? Thank you for that overwhelming support of that. Come on, if you're glad that you serve a God who can meet your needs and do exceedingly more and give provision and give blessing, look where you are right now to compare to you used to be. Come on, could you take five seconds and give him some praise for it? He is a provision-giving God. So there's no such thing as if you have, then you must be unrighteous. There is such a thing as wealthy righteous, the wealthy righteous, who are faithful and generous and godly. And there are the, unwealth, there are the unwealthy righteous, just like there are the righteous poor and the unrighteous poor. The truth is, if you just live according to God's principles, if you tithe, if you save, if you invest, Scripture says if you're faithful with the little, God will give you what? Much. If you're a good steward, God will give you more seeds 
to sow and do righteous things. The point is, what you keep is all you have, but what you give, come on, God will multiply it. He really will. So what I wanna do today is I just wanna lay a foundation for sowing and reaping. Let's look at a couple of, uh, of principles and then we're gonna look at several scriptures this morning. The first principle of sowing and reaping is this, write it down. It is that you reap what you sow. This is very important. You reap what you sow. Simply put, if you, if you plant a seed in good ground, you're gonna get a harvest from that seed, right? It's very simple. In Galatians chapter six, here's what the apostle Paul says in verse seven. He said, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Why does he say God cannot be mocked? It's because Paul is saying you can't mock God by planting something thinking that you're gonna reap something else. God says, no, whatever you plant is exactly what you're going to reap. If you read on in the context of the scripture, Paul said, if you sow seeds of unrighteousness, if you do wicked things, then you're gonna have wicked responses to what you do. Why? Because you will reap what you sow. For example, if you sow a corn seed, if you plant a, a kernel of corn, how many of you know you ain't getting spinach, right? You, you, you're gonna get some corn. If you plant an apple seed, you ain't gonna get a peach tree. You're gonna get an apple tree. It's just the principle of reciprocity. It's the principle of reaping and sowing. If you smile at someone, they're more likely to smile back at you. Why? Because you will reap what you sow. If you offer forgiveness, people are more likely going to extend forgiveness to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you treat your wife with love and respect, it's more likely that she will treat you with love and respect because what you give multiplies, baby. Come on, you give her a hard time. I'm telling you, she will multiply and give you hell. Can I get an amen, somebody? in this house. <laughs> Come on, what you keep is all you have. What you give, God multiplies. Are you getting this? So you reap what you sow, that means the very thing that you sow. The second principle of sowing and reaping is this. You also reap more than you sow. Somebody shout more. You reap more than you sow. When you plant a seed in good ground, you will reap more then you sow. If you plant a kernel of corn in the ground, you're not just gonna get a kernel of corn back, you're going to get stalks of kernels of corn. If you plant an apple seed, you're not just gonna pop one apple out of the ground, you're gonna get an apple tree with many apples. You reap what you sow, but you actually reap more than you sow. In Matthew 19, Jesus said it this way. He said, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or fields for my sake, watch this, will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. So if you lay your life down for Christ, for the cause of Christ, you will receive far more than whatever you've given. Jesus talked about this principle in Matthew chapter 13 as well. He told a story, a parable, and he said, 
a sower went out to sow some seeds. So he was just throwing seeds out on the ground. And he said, and all these seeds fell in different types of ground, fell in different types of soil. And some of them returned a 30-fold return. Some of them returned a 60-fold return. And those that were planted in really good soil returned a 100-fold return. Why? Because you reap what you sow. And when you sow seed into good ground, you reap more than you sow. What you keep is all you'll ever have if you hold on to it. But what you give, the Bible's very clear. God will multiply it for his glory and for your blessing. Are you with me, everybody? And so let's unpack it today. And what I want to do is spend the rest of our time in a very powerful scripture and passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We're going to go verse by verse through this, I believe, this very rich teaching. And I want to show you three I want to show you three giving truths. These are three giving truths that I pray will transform your life as they have mine. The first one is this, is that you need to recognize, number one, that your heart matters when you give. Everybody say, my heart matters. The attitude of your heart, it matters when you give. You gotta make it count. This is how you make it count. It matters how your heart is. Paul starts off in 2 Corinthians 9 in verse 6, and he says this. He said, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. In other words, if you keep a lot and don't give much, don't expect a lot in return. It's just very simple. You don't, you don't reap what you don't sow. But he also goes on and says that whoever, whoever sows generously will also reap Generously, so you plant a lot of seeds, you're gonna get a greater harvest. This is what the word of God says. And then here's the key to me. This is the key to it in verse six and in, in seven. He says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion or manipulation, for God loves, what kind of giver, everybody? Come on, what kind of giver? God loves a cheerful giver. In fact, the word in the Greek that's actually translated as cheerful, it actually can be translated hilarious. God loves a hilarious giver. It's like when you get to give, it's like, <laughs> I love to do this. This is so much fun because it's being such a blessing and my goodness, how God's going to multiply this to change people's lives. In fact, I heard a story of a mom who was trying to teach her daughter the principle of giving. And so she says, sweetheart, here's a $5 bill and here's a $1 bill. One of them is for you and one of them is for God. And when the offering container comes by on Sunday, I want you to put one of them in and you can decide which one it is. So the mom watched the little girl and when the offering container came by them, the little girl held her five and she held her one and you could see her wrestling with what to do and then she took the one and she put it in the offering bucket and she kept the five for herself. And afterwards the mom said, I'm so glad that you gave to God today, sweetie. I'm so proud to be proud of you. But tell me, why did you give the one to God and you kept the five for yourself? And the little girl said, well, mom, Pastor said that God loves a cheerful giver, so I figured I'd be much more cheerful if I just kept the fire. <laughs> That's not what scripture means, by the way. Remember, what you keep is all you have, but what you give, God multiplies, right? I can sit here and tell you story after story after story of, of giving stories in our church. I could spend two hours 
telling you stories of people from every socioeconomic background in our church who have sacrificially given to God and watched their resources be used to change people's lives, but then how God multiplied it back to them more than anything they ever gave to him. I can sit here and tell you the stories of job promotions, of marriage restoration, of addictions being broken. I could tell you the stories of open doors in people's lives that we hear about all the time who commit to tithing the first tenth of their income to God and trusting him in faith as gratitude and then honoring him and his word to do it because he said he would bless your life if you do. And then hearing the emails and the stories that come back and say, man, this stuff works. You would never believe what happened, how God blessed my life. I could sit here and share story after story after story. I could tell you stories of our own life. Rachel and I, when we give, and we sacrificially give, as we've tithed, listen, through the years, when we first got married, we didn't have nothing. How many, how many of you can relate to having nothing? Like, we had so less, it wasn't even one word. Nothing was not a one word. It was two words. It was no thing. We had no thing. It was nothing. But one of the things we determined we were gonna do is we were never going to rob God of his tithe. No matter what, I didn't care if they shut the lights off, repoed the car, if they did anything, we were not going to rob God. And ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you, after all these years of doing that faithfully, I'm standing here a living example of the faithfulness and the blessing of God that he multiplies everything you trust and put in his hands. But I could tell you stories of people, even when we built this building, man, there's hundreds of stories in our church of people from every different socioeconomic background, from those who had little to those who had much, who sacrificially, because it wasn't about equal giving, it was about equal sacrifice. It was about joint participation. How many of them above their regular giving committed and said, man, we're gonna invest in this to make room for our city because we love the thing that God loves and we're gonna sacrifice to make this. And look, we're sitting here in this place and I can sit here and tell you hundreds of stories of those very people today that are still reaping the blessing of God for honoring him with what they give. It is factual and it is undeniable. How many of you know the heart matters? The heart matters when you give. If you're like, oh, this again. Oh, well, guess I gotta do this. That's not what God honors. He wants a cheerful giver. Why? Because how many of you believe that he has given way more to us than we could ever give to him? He wants people excited to make a difference in his kingdom. He wants people cheerful at what their resources are going to do to help people and to change eternities in people's lives and to bless the kingdom of God and resource missions and build churches around the world and all the things that we do here at Vibrant as an extension of your generosity. He wants people excited that we can give and see Christmas at our Giving Hope Outreach because we gave and to see the, the dozens of families that are gonna come through here who their kids would no otherwise have Christmas this year if it were not for Vibrant Church and they sit back hilariously and cheerfully say, here, God, I give it. Just multiply it. Just multiply it however you want to do it. The heart matters. And I just want to encourage you to give and give and give until you love it. Give till you love it. Give till you see it make a difference. And wow, I just love this. I love being a blessing to the Lord. Whatever you keep is all you have. But whatever you give, God multiplies the first principle is that your heart matters when you give. And the second one, and this is so much fun, is number two, and that is that you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. You can't. You can never outgive God. So if we further journey into 
this chapter, 2 Corinthians 9, Paul goes on to say this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he scattereth abroad his gifts to the poor. And I want you to see that. He scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. This again is another metaphor of like a sower sowing seed. He, God gives gifts and so we use them as seed. So let me ask you, what seeds do you have to give? What seeds has God given you to sow? Listen, a seed is no good unless you plant it into the ground. How many of you found out that you can't leave a pack of vegetable seeds in the packet in the pantry and expect to reap some vegetables? You, a seed is meant to be planted. It does nothing until it is sown. So what seeds has God given you to sow? You have your time, you have your gifts, you have your heart, you have your words, you have your things, and you have your financial resources. He's given you seeds. So it says that he scatters, he scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. And watch this in verse 10. He says that his righteousness endures forever. And he says, now he who supplies, this is important, he who supplies seed to the sower, so he's given you seed, and bread for food, he's, he's taking care of you, he will also supply, watch this, and increase the store of your seed and will also enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So check this out. What you keep is all you have. But what you give, he will multiply. When you sow generously, you will reap generously and he will increase your store of seed. So when you sow generously, he not only gives you more back, he gives you more than you sowed. We talked about a minute ago. You will have more seed to give. And here's what he'll do. He will enlarge, the Bible says, he will enlarge your harvest of righteousness. So check this out. It's not that he's gonna make you monetarily rich. Every time you give, God's blessing to you is more money. God is going to bless you in ways that matter more than even money sometimes. Sometimes it will be. Sometimes God will bless you. A lot of times God will bless you with monetary resource back to your life through a promotion or through a gift or something. That's happened in our life many times because of our giving. But, there's a, the, but that's not all that he blesses you with. For some people, you don't need more money necessarily right now. What you really need is a healthy marriage. And God will bless you and start moving in your relationship. For some of you, it's not money that you really need right now. For some of you, it's that you've been praying for a son or daughter who is far from Jesus, and they're wrecking their life, and your heart is breaking, and that is the harvest that God is gonna bring to your life because of what you gave. It's not just money, it's anything that you need, God gives back to you when you're faithful. And don't miss this, it says he's gonna make you more like himself. He's gonna enlarge. Notice it says he's gonna enlarge your harvest of righteousness. So you're gonna become more like him because check it out, you are never more like God than when you give. When you give, you reflect the nature of God more when you give than anything else you do. Why? Because God so loved this world that he did what? He gave. And he didn't give cheap. He gave his best. He gave his only son. You are more like God when you're generous. You're more like God when you give. He will enlarge the harvest 
of your righteousness. So let me tell you why I'm so emotional about this and why I love talking about generosity so much is because when we started out in ministry, we didn't have nothing, but we were all in. I mean, we were all in. We had nothing. I began pastoring at 23 years old. I don't recommend anybody go do that. That was suicide. In, 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 in cultural terms, I probably missed all my 20s. What my peers were doing, I never did. When they were going to concerts and the beach and having all this stuff and doing all the fun and young adult stuff, I was dealing with, with, with big, big problems, big issues, life stuff. That's the path God had for I don't recommend anybody do that, but that's what, that's what he had for me. I started pastoring at 23 years old. We had nothing, but you know what? We were all in. We sacrificed everything we had. We sacrificed. We gave up. We sacrificed. We put everything in. We gave, gave and gave and gave until it hurt. I'm not telling you that because I deserve a pat on the back. I'm telling you that to boast of the goodness of God in our life, that he looked at that and he responded. And over the years, he has been faithful. We had nothing and we gave everything we had over the years. And over the years, he's been faithful to bless and to open doors and to give favor and to allow my influence to increase. I'm telling you, in the early beginning, man, we were all in. We were all in completely with God. Like we are all in on this kingdom thing, God. We're gonna tithe. We're gonna give offerings above that. God, we're gonna sacrifice. The little we had, we're gonna sacrifice. We're gonna do it for your glory so you can change lives. And as the years have gone by, we have seen the faithfulness of God at one stage of our life to another. I'm 44 years old now. I know I don't look it. It's okay. I'm 44 years old now, and I'll tell you, in the past four years, since I was 40, in the past four years, I've had more kingdom impact than the first 40 years of my life combined. In the past four years, has been multiplied kingdom. Doors are opening for, for me, for the kingdom, through me, for God's calling on my life, to touch more people in circles and in places I never dreamed that God would place me. Listen, when you're faithful to God in obscurity, he will promote you publicly. Oh, come on, that's good preaching, y'all. When you're faithful to God, when you have nothing, he will, he will give you something and put you in places. Listen, God knows how to move you in places that you never thought you would be when you are faithful to him. And you can't say, well, when, I'm, when I make a little more money, then I'll give, or when I do. No, 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 you, when you're faithful with the little, he says, I will give you much. And in, and in four, the last four years of my life, I have, seen, I have seen more kingdom impact with my calling that God's placed on me than in all 40 years combined. It has gone from addition to multiplication of what God has been able to do with me and through me, and it is so humbling. And this is why it means so much to me, because I realize I am right now living in a season of harvest from the seeds I planted in my 20s and my 30s, and I'm living in a season of harvest right now for it. I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. Oh, he'll give you double for your trouble. God can bless you way more than you can give to him. And it's like compounding interest. 
But what I have is compounding joy and compounding peace and compounding fulfillment and compounding influence. How? Because we planted seeds in good ground and God increased the harvest of our righteousness. Because you can't outgive God. How many believe you can't outgive God? And the third thing that I want you to understand is this, and this is so powerful, and that is this. This is, this is really what matters, and that's this. That people will thank God because of what you give. People will thank God. People will literally thank God because of what you give. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 9 very quickly in verse 11. He, Paul says, you will be made rich. Watch this, in every way. And only financially, no way. Don't you dare limit the blessings of God to just wanting more money. He says, you'll be made rich in every way. In a good marriage, in good children, in your career, in generations to come, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can blow it on yourself, so that you can take it easy and, and, and sit back and be selfish. Did I mess that up? Yes, I did. He says, so you can be made rich in every way and, on, and be generous on every occasion. On every occasion, you can be generous. And, and through us, watch this, through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So check this out. People around the world will thank God because of your generosity. When you sow seed, God will give you more seed. And listen, you can keep it, and if you do, that's all you have. But if you give it back, he will increase the harvest of your righteousness, and people around the world will thank God because of you. Here's what you need to know. As a church, you need to know this. People right now thank God because of what you give. Listen to me. Right now, there are people around this city, there are people around this country, and there are people around this world thanking God because of what you give. Around the world, thanking God. What do I mean? I mean every month, we give resources to local outreach that we do in this community. And right now, there are people in this city in some very broken areas and some very hurting places that they are thanking God because of the people of Vibrant Church. There are recovery centers that we invest in, helping people through biblical coaching and, and, and biblical training to overcome addictions and to break addictions in their life and to, and to get healing emotionally. And right now, there are people in those centers of recovery, those Christ-centered places, there are people in there that are thanking God for you, Vibrant Church, because of what you gave and because of your helping for them to find healing. There are people in this country that are thanking you, Vibrant Church, because of what you give. Did you know that a huge portion of our income goes to planting life-giving churches all over America? through ARC, which is the Association of Related Churches. It is a, plant, a church planting organization that we are partnered with. And you're giving, let me tell you, just this year, there were over 100 churches that were planted all across America through ARC, and you guys did that. You guys planted those churches. And those church planting pastors are thanking God because of Vibrant Church. And the people who are gonna come to Christ in those cities are gonna thank God for Vibrant Church because of what you gave. Right now, we send financial support to places in our country like the Dream Center in Los Angeles who are on the front lines of ministering to broken and hurting cities all around this country, but specifically in LA and the partnership that we have. There are people there in other places as well that are thanking God because of what you do. Right now, there are people around the world. 
There are people in Africa. There are people in, in Asia. There are people in Europe. There are people all around this world in South America. There are people all around this world that are thanking God, Vibrant Church, because of you. They're thanking God because we send the resources you give to the front lines of missions overseas in places you may never go, but your resources are going and they're seeing people come to Jesus left and right. People who have never heard the name of Christ are coming to Christ. Why? Because you planted seed and they're thanking God for you. They're thanking God for you. And I wanna tell you about an opportunity that we have this year. I wanna do something special. And God put this on my heart and I'm not manipulating you to be a part of it if you don't, fine. But I really want you to pray about it. In all this year that we've been in, and I know every one of us has had the crises of our culture touch us in different ways. All of us have. Some of you have experienced hard times. Some of you have experienced less of a hard time. In other ways, it's been hard. Maybe not financially, but it's other ways. All of us, it's touched in some degree or another. But let me tell you who it's really touched. It's touched missions organizations. I talk to missionaries a lot. And they're not complaining, but they are asking for prayer. This pandemic has hurt them, being able to have resources to continue reaching the people groups and the indigenous in the places that they're at. This hard season that we've been in has affected our local agencies that are Christ-centered agencies feeding and counseling, and recovery, and battered mothers, and all the things that are happening around us, there are centers that are asking for prayer. They're not asking for anything. They're just asking, would you pray? We're hurting right now. Well, we don't know if we can make it to the end of the year. And all these people that we're helping. There's agencies around the country. There's, I know church planting has taken a hard hit. Listen, there are church planters that I talk to in the country right now who were gonna be planting a church this fall and they couldn't do it because of the pandemic. They're having to wait a little bit, but they've poured everything into what they do. And right now they're saying, please pray for us. I don't think our kids are gonna have Christmas this year because we literally poured everything we had into our church plant and the pandemic hit. So my heart's been heavy. My heart's been real heavy these last several months, and as we lead into the holidays, I wanna tell you about something I really feel like the Lord put on my heart, and I'm asking you to consider participating with me. I'm gonna be the first one. And that is that Sunday, December 12th, is gonna be a day that we are going to dedicate to receive a Christmas blessing offering. It's a one-time offering that is above and beyond your regular giving. This is not your tithe that goes to God. This is above that. This is sacrificial. This is above that. And I'm asking you to pray and seek God. I'm giving you literally a month and a half almost to pray and seek God for what he have you do. I don't want you to do what Pastor Jason tells you to do. I just want you to do whatever God tells you to do. And just say, you know what, God, do you want me to participate in this? Here's my commitment to you. I don't... Here's what I'm asking. I don't want everyone to give the same because that's impossible. But I do want everyone to participate in some level, in some way. I believe all of us can participate with something above our regular giving. So this Christmas, listen, these people, these agencies locally here in this area, even in our nation and even missionaries around the world, I have a list of them and they have no idea what's coming. They have no idea that they're about to receive a Christmas surprise like they've never expected this year. 
I'm praying over it right now. I'm praying, like I'm so excited. I'm so giddy about it. I, I, I feel like, like Santa Claus. I just feel like, man, I wanna put a Santa hat on and I just wanna, I just wanna give away resources. I wanna give away money to all these people. Here's my commitment to you. If you will trust us with this offering, my commitment to you is 100% of that offering will go to the very things I'm talking about and you will hear about it. You will hear about it. I'm asking you to help me and let's all be a blessing to these other places this year. This Christmas blessing offering is for all of us. So I'm asking you to really take it to heart and pray about it. Remember, what, when you, whatever you keep, what you keep is all you have. But what you give, God multiplies. If you give in this Christmas blessing offering, and we're gonna have one Sunday. Listen, December 12th is gonna be a powerful Sunday. I've got a word already for it. It's gonna be amazing, but we're gonna take time in that service. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you a short period of time, and then we're gonna take a time for all of us to participate in worship during a worship moment to give and say, Jesus, Christmas is your birthday, and we're gonna give you a gift on your birthday. Above our regular giving, we're gonna give you a gift so we can participate and give to the thing that you love the most. You know, when you receive a gift, you want what you want. You don't want what the person wants for you, right? Some of you have gifts in your closet that you're using to re-gift. <laughs> you stack them up to re-gift because they, nobody, they didn't give you what you wanted, they give you what they wanted. I don't wanna give Jesus what I want him to have. I wanna give him what he wants. You know what Jesus wants the most? He wants people to be reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. He wants the kingdom of God to expand. When you give to what matters most to him, even if it costs you something, it's sacrifice. I'm telling you, you cannot outgive God. And I just feel it's appropriate. It's his birthday. And we ought to bring him a gift and just say, God, we're gonna invest in the thing that matters most to your heart. Missions, foreign missions, home missions, missions in our country, local missions that we're involved in. We're gonna surprise the socks off of some some centers and some missions organizations that are hurting right now. I really believe God's gonna encourage them in a powerful way that he did not forget them. And you know what? God didn't forget them through Vibrant Church. He used us to let them know that they are remembered. When you sow seed into good soil, God will do two things. He'll bless you way more than anything you can give to him. God will increase the harvest of your righteousness and people all around the world will thank God. Listen, there'll be people in our city, people in this country, people overseas that literally will thank God because of the generosity of you, a vibrant church. I want you to feel this as a church. Every time someone's life is changed, it's because you sowed seeds in good soil every time and there are generations that will be different because you have been faithful. Here's, what this, here's how this message hits me. And I just wanna be real honest with you. The reason this hits me like this is, is it, would be, it would be very easy at this point in my life to just say, you know what? I'm living in the harvest, man. I'm living in the harvest right now. I think I'm just gonna sit back and I'm gonna take it easy with my life and I'm just gonna pastor this church and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do maintenance and just make sure that we're good and pray and, and we're gonna teach and preach and we're gonna do things and do events and do things and, and I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna kick back and coast because I'm living in the harvest right now. This is just gonna be good for the rest of my life. So I'm just gonna live in the harvest. I'm gonna tell you right now, listen to me, church, I'm not wired that way. 
I am not wired. I am not wired for maintenance. I am a builder. I, I wake up every day that something's either going to be built or torn apart by the end of the day, one or the other. I don't do maintenance. And I'm feeling reinvigorated. Even in this season of pandemic and crisis and all this mess, I'm feeling reinvigorated in my spirit that God has a new season and a new day for Vibrant Church. God has something else that he wants us to pursue. And here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to know. Rachel and I just passed 20 years of full-time ministry. 11 of those years, we just passed 11 years here at Vibrant Church. And here's what I want you to know. When we started out, we were all in, I told you. And here's what I want you to know. Now over 20 years, I want you to know that we are still all in. We are still all in. I'm just more committed now than I've ever have been. In fact, we've already been talking about what God would have us to give in the Christmas blessing offering. We're already talking about it because we knew it before y'all. So we're already talking about what does God want us to do. And, and listen, we're posturing ourselves right now to give big. Like this year, this offering for us, we're gonna give probably the biggest investment in a one-time offering we've ever done. And we're just giddy about it. Like we're thinking about, oh my gosh, like, how could this be used? Oh my Lord, could you imagine this group and, and that ministry and this center and, that, and this missionary and that missionary and how God can, oh, the people's lives that will be changed. We're still just as all in today as we were in the beginning. And it's for three reasons. First of all, because it's fun. It's fun to make a difference eternally in the lives of others. Second, because we know lives will be changed. And third, because what we keep is all we have but what we give, God multiplies. We are still all in because I have so much faith for what God is gonna do in our future, especially at the turn of a new year. I believe 2021 is gonna be the best year I think we've ever had as a church. I really believe that in my heart. It's gonna be amazing. Let me show you one more scripture. I'm gonna get out of your way. In Matthew 6 and verse 19, Jesus said this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on this earth, where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Watch this. This is important. We've been talking about the heart is important. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Here's how Jesus knows if your heart is for the kingdom. He looks and follows the money trail. I didn't say that. He said that. He said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is gonna be. Oh, well, my heart is for the local church. If your treasure is not there, Jesus said, you're a liar. It's a heart check. Where's your heart? Oh, I have a heart for missionaries too. Do you? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus said, I can know exactly where your heart is by seeing what your finances are attached to. I can follow your, why does God connect our resources with our heart? Because he knew that was the most vulnerable thing in our life is what we have. Every time I start talking about money, it just like, everybody gets real quiet. Oh, oh what's one of those Sundays? Why? Because we're so guarded with our stuff. And Jesus knew, if I can ever get the resources, I'll get the heart and I'll bless them way more than they could ever even imagine. This is why tithing is so important. And some of you have been wrestling with it, 
And I'm just gonna be the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life today. You need to stop wrestling with this and start honoring God to give the Lord an honor. He said to honor the tithe, it belongs to me. It is holy, it is set apart. It's not the last 10%, it is the first 10%. Before all the bills are paid, it's the first 10%. He says, don't touch it, it's holy to me. And I will bless the 90% far more than you could do on the 100% if you just honor me with the 10. Oh, come on now, I'm talking to you. And some of you need to stop dealing with this and wrestling with it and jump all in and say, God, I'm just going to trust you. I promise you, you can't outgive him. You can't outgive him. And then participate above that with our Christmas blessing offering. Listen, as a church, as a people, here's our commitment. We will strive to be the most generous people on planet earth here at Vibrant Church. Why? Because we can't outgive God. And when we give, people will thank God for your generosity. Don't you dare, don't you dare hear some name it, claim it, get wealth message today here at Vibrant Church because that's not what we're about here. That's not what I'm talking about. We're about saying, God, whatever you've given to me, what I keep is all I have, but if I return it and sow it into good ground and give it, you will multiply it for your kingdom. You will give me a harvest of righteousness and people on earth will thank God because of my giving. Come on, did you receive the word of God today? So I'm giving you a little over a month to pray about it. Just say whatever God, just whatever he tells you to do, just do it. If you don't feel like he tells you to, don't participate. But I think we can all participate at the place and level we are above our regular giving. I just wanna pray with you this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving around. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray, Lord, for your people. Right now, this morning, let me talk to those of you who are already followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus in the room or you're watching online and you just say, you know what? I want to be somebody who sows seed into good soil. I wanna be more generous. I wanna trust God more. I wanna practice this law of sowing and reaping. I wanna see God use me in a way that matters for eternity in the lives of other people. I wanna pray for you specifically. Just raise your hand, let me pray for you right now. All over this room, believers are saying yes. I wanna be more generous. Father, I just pray, Lord, that you stir our heart for what stirs yours. People are what you died for. There are hurting and broken people here in our city, around our country, even in our world. And you've called the church to be the answer. The government's not the answer. Politics is not the answer. Legislation's not the answer. It doesn't solve a thing. The only thing that makes a difference is a change of the human heart. And God, only you can do that. And you do it through your church in the earth. We are called to be salt and light. Oh, in this dark time, we don't run from darkness, God. No, we run to it. And we shine the light of Jesus into it. God, help us to be more generous. Speak to us during this next month, however you will, of what we, you may want us to do for our Christmas blessing offering. Above our regular giving, we make a sacrifice as a family. Lord, speak to our people. Speak to all of us, my heart. What we can give, what we can do, how people around the world can thank you to thank you for us because of what we did, that you would give us more than we could ever give back to you. God, speak to us. Let December 12th be a day that blows our mind, that even in the middle of dark, uncertain times, let that be a day that we show the devil what God can do in the middle of all this mess that we're in right now. 
in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Let me just pray for those of you very quickly that may be in this room or watching online and maybe, maybe you're not in a right relationship with Jesus today. You may be thinking, well, how in the world does this apply to me? Because spiritually, I just feel dry. I feel far from God today. Let me tell you how it applies to you. It's the law of sowing and reaping. If you give him your life, he will multiply his life back to you more than you could ever imagine. If you give him your life, he will bless your life more than you can ever imagine. Jesus said it like this, if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. What you keep is all you have. But Jesus said, if you give up your life for my sake, you will find real life. What you give, God will multiply. If you give him your heart, if you give him your life, he will multiply his life back to you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna pray for those that may be in the room. Maybe you're watching online and you say, you know what, I'm, I feel far from God. This is why Jesus came. This is why he died for you. It's to draw you close to the Lord. He wants a relationship. Heavenly Father wants a relationship with you. But it's only through Jesus Christ. And if you're not totally committed to surrender to him, and you know if you are or not, and those of you who are not, you, you feel the Holy Spirit tugging at your, your heart today. This is your moment. This is your time to say, you know what? I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna invest my life. I'm gonna give the life that God gave me back to him. And you watch him multiply his life back to you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need a fresh start with God today, I wanna pray with you. I want you to lift your hand right now. Come on, right now, all over this room. Say yes to Jesus. Say yes to him. God bless you and you and you. I see you. God bless you. God bless you. I want us to pray, church, for those who lifted their hand, those of you watching online who are saying yes to Jesus. I want us to pray out loud with them. If this is you, I want you to repeat this. I just want to lead you in a very simple prayer, and we're going to pray with you. Come on, everyone praying out loud. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean. I surrender all of me to all of you. Fill me with your spirit. Teach me to live for you. Thank you for a fresh start. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen, and amen, and amen. Come on, can we get excited for people coming to Jesus today? Listen, just very quickly while we remain seated, if you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it, would you do me a favor? I just wanna know who you are. We wanna know who you are. We just wanna celebrate with you and pray for you. Would you take that connection card in the seat back in front of you? Would you fill that out? It would just take you like 10 seconds and you can drop that in the offering containers and the exit ways the ushers are holding them. Just drop it as you leave. We're just gonna reach out to you this week and celebrate with you and pray for you and maybe show you some opportunities here how God can plug you in and help develop your faith and strengthen you in your walk with Jesus. Thank you so much for filling that out. And, and as I talked about today, church, this is the time that we activate the word of God, not just hear it, but do it. This is the time in our service where we do return the tithe to him, where we do give offerings even above that, where we do sow into the kingdom of God. And thank you for being faithful. You know, a lot of what I talked about today, it's fun to talk about here. You know why? Because this is what you do. I just wanna commend you for being a generous church. Thank you, church. Those of you online to participate. Thank you so much for participating and partnering with us and reaching more people. If you're in this room or online, you can participate today. You can use the envelopes and the seat backs in front of you. If you wanna give physically in the, in the room, you can do that, you can fill it out. You can give as you go in just a moment and just drop it in the offering containers the ushers are holding in the exit ways. 
If you're also in the building and online, you can participate the other two ways. You can give online at vibrantchurch.com giving. You can go there. It'll take you through some secure steps. It's real quick and easy. Or you can text to give, which you can text the word vibrant to 77977, and it'll take you through some secure steps real fast, real easy. We try to make as many opportunities for people to make it easy to participate. So thank you for participating. Thank you for giving. Thank you for being generous and being cheerful and sowing into the work of God. Amen, everybody. Hey, would you stand to your feet this morning? And let me just pray a blessing over your life. Come on, open your hands and receive this. I just pray may the Lord bless you and may he keep you, may he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and turn his face toward you and give you peace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We'll see you Wednesday night, seven o'clock. God bless you, church.